Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. I'm here with Dean McMurray, the military medium. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Especially since we have somebody else joining us today. Of course, we met her last week. Shelly Epperly now joining us on the Tuesday show. And Shelly's meeting Dean and Dean's meeting Shelly. And this is all start of a brand new happy family on Tuesday. So welcome, Shelly. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing fine. Thank you. It's going to be nice to get a little female blood going here on Tuesday. We've had a lot of male testosterone. <laughs> we need to shake things up a little bit, right, Dean? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a good thing. Yeah, welcome to the welcome to the gang, Shelley. Thank That's you. right. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And we've got a lot of um, emails that have kind of piled up uh, because we've had kind of some strange scheduling on Tuesdays lately. A couple times you couldn't make it, Dean, and, and then Shelley was filling in and all that. So. I wanted to bring them in. Two of them were actually emails that we had previously answered on another show on another day, but they involve some psychic ability. And so I wanted to get your take on them. So we're going to go through them. And then there's a third one who's basically just looking for some straight advice about being a psychic, about having um, medium type tendencies. Um, and I think I'm actually going to start with that one just because it's a nice way to get us going here. This is from Katrina. And here's what Katrina says. She says, hello, I have medium type tendencies that come and go. I cannot control it, but would like to. I have seen ghosts many times. I have been talked to on rare occasions by strangers, loved ones, and have been able to occasionally communicate with my grandmother. So can you tell me why I cannot have more control of this or how I can gain control? And does my grandmother or her sisters have any messages for me? Thank you for your time and answering this for me. It truly means a lot from Katrina. So, Dean, what do you think? Yeah. Well, you know, what I would say for Katrina is it starts and begins with you. And not just Katrina, but, of course, you know, I think back to my own development, right? And, and the the ability or whether you believe in this case, maybe the on-again, off-again abilities um, start and end with you. Um, so just understand that you have – the ability, a lot of people feel that it's, it goes away. It doesn't go away. It's just your mind or your ego telling you that you're unable to connect. And there's a disconnect there, right? Um, until you learn how to match your frequencies on a consistent basis, uh, with, with that dimensional frequency, right? Um, so, you know, what I would say is, is, is start practicing. I know a lot of times saying, well, that's frustrating because it's, you know, on again, off again. It feels like maybe I get a ton of information and then it stops. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's, and in the beginning, that's how it was for myself. But when I started just taking the steps forward, it seems like the universe opened up the doors. And so even through the frustrations, you're learning to develop tools for your own development on, on how you work with your medium or how mediumship will work with you. If that makes sense. Um, I believe for everybody, their own abilities, the universe works uniquely with them and speaks in a language um, that they understand. So the thing that I would tell Katrina is to start on a consistent basis. You need to, put in the exercise or the, the, the work. And it's just, you know, and I always use the same analogy, right? It's like if Katrina was to 
only take one Pilates class at her local gym, what would happen? Yeah. She'd be sore as hell the next day, right? right, saying, right. Well, it's here today. I get some gains and then it goes away. It's like that, that's the same for us all, right? And so yeah. you got to consistently go to class or practice, right? And so you have to do the work. So continually practice and, and, uh, whatever you're doing, whatever you've been doing, whether it's for yourself or others, but, um, you know, you, do the readings. If it's mediumship, you got to talk to dead people. You know, that's the way it is. You got, you got to continually do that. So whether it's uh, automatic writing, whether it's, you know, you have friends and family, whether it's, um, you just give free readings just for the practice, whatever that is, but just do the work. And I would think you go with whatever seems your, your greatest strength. I would think that's where you would start, right. wouldn't it be? Right. Yeah. Pull on the string, pull on strings, right? So, you know, for, for Katrina, you know, if, if this is, if mediumship is the interest or if there's a nuance within mediumship that she's really interested in, or maybe somebody else listening today, um, you know, start there. It doesn't have to be some big grandiose thing. So quit preparing or quit getting ready to get ready in that analysis paralysis just do mm. so if it's you know like i i know here on the show we've been doing um oracle card drawings right and, and practicing our intuition if you like that if that's your thing then go find a deck of oracle cards that speak to you and do that if it's pendulums do that if it's aspects in mediumship you know, get into that, take, you know, take a class, read whatever and allow that spark of creativity to take over and be like, Ooh, I really like that. Well then do that. Mm-hmm. So follow your heart, listen to your intuition. You won't go wrong. And, and Shelly knows a little bit about that because Shelly, you, you've been doing cards for years. Yeah. Yep. I have. I started um, reading tarot cards in 1991 and um, I've just like the practice thing is so true. You just have to practice and practice and practice. I'm, I just have to say I'm a little disappointed that I can't just go to one Pilates class and get that over with. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's a, it's amazing how you gain, tr- you gain self trust when you do that. Cause there, I was telling Walt last week that there's been times when I've done a tarot reading and something that will come up and it's, doesn't really have anything to do with that card or whatever and I'll want to say it but it just sounds so off that I don't say it and then you know it, like I gave an example like it was about like the person's brother or something and then I didn't say it and then they're like oh my god that's my brother that's that is doing and then I'm just like and now I can't say it because now obviously yeah, right. oh, yeah yeah I thought that was your brother yeah, yeah right you know kind of a thing but I've really gotten I've really gotten good at just, if it comes up, I say it, whether it's going to make any sense or not. And it, 95% of the time it makes sense. And the other 5%, it either doesn't, or it comes back around, like in the next reading, they're like, oh, remember what you said about my brother? I didn't know it at the time, but that actually was what was going on, you know, Mm. kind of a thing. So it, it just builds trust in it, in your intuition and, and you just have to work it. You just, I do free readings quite often, um, and it's fun. I, well, 
I think yeah. you have the, the right word there, trust. I mean, that's yeah. true for anybody. It's true for somebody who's trying to learn conscious creation. Yeah. And it's true for somebody who's trying to read stuff, who's trying to pick up, yeah. you know, vibrations. So that, that trust factor is huge, isn't it, Shelley? Mm-hmm. Well, I think confidence too, Walt, is confidence in your, uh, Shelley brought up confidence piece too, because I think that's a killer. And what I found with, um, students over the years and, and just talking to people is number one killer of people. And I shouldn't say that you think of a killer, but right. of, of somebody's journey because they get discouraged. And that, yeah. and if you can build your confidence in an aspect, you know, Shelly was talking about free readings or whatever, just so you can start understanding and learning. And then once you start like, Hey, I'm, I'm pretty damn good at this. Like you start building a confidence, not egotistical, but in a sense, like I'm good. Like I, you know, like I'm pretty on. Right. And so getting enough confidence where you're not questioning yourself. I'm like, that's a great one that Shelly brought up about, you know, there's so many times where I'll do a reading and I, um, you know, like to refer to it as the spiritual ADHD because you'll just get these pop-ins <laughs> that are just completely random. And it's like, ooh, squirrel, you know, it's like, you know, what's up with the number uh, 54? Like I'm seeing like on a jersey and maybe it's a Viking, whatever it is, you know, whatever, um, you know, sports team. Or, and it might have been somebody's dad, grandpa, brother, whatever, that was huge. and Or maybe that's their favorite player, whatever, right? And, um, so not filtering and, and, but that all comes with confidence. Be like, Hey, you know, uh, like we talked about before, Walt, right? Like the mantra of, um, effort, you know, like, so you're not emotionally connected to the outcome and you're just presenting it as is you're because it's not, it's not our reading. It's not about us. Mm. And we're just the vessel. So whether we're doing cards, whether we're doing mediumship, where whether we're doing a healing session, whether we're doing pendulum work, it doesn't matter what we're doing. We're a vessel doing the work. And it's we need to keep the monkey mind out of it and stay in our intuitive space, right? Our heart heart space. And um so we're not filtering anything, going, God, why am I God, why am I seeing a two-headed, um, I don't know, um, unicorn? Why, why would I see that? And, you know, maybe it was a joke. You know, I, I, I actually remember reading there was a, a one time was so funny. There was a picture of it was kind of a dirty joke is what it was. And there was kind of a, a, a animated or like a cartoon sketch of a naked lady is what it was. And I was really embarrassed, like, how do I approach it? And I just yeah, right. did it. And they started, like, laughing. And it was all about, because uh, I believe it was the dad that passed. And he had this. And it was totally a big joke. And th- that's uh. where, you know, and it just reassures when you get, like, Shelly brought up that thing about the brother. Like, that just validates even back to us as the readers, whether you do tarot or oracle or media, it doesn't matter. Don't filter, and it's not about us, and never was. And you know those things are there. It's like you can't make that stuff up. It's like like crazy, a naked lady on a you know like crazy you know. So it's like, but anyways, back to Katrina. Yeah, just do the work. You got to do the work. And, and she was asking specifically um, whether her grandmother or her sisters have any messages for her. You know, the first thing that I see, it's interesting, is extended forward. 
is, and I'm not a plant guy, Walt, I know you do landscaping, but um, it's interesting as I heard the word ficus. So like a ficus plant, I don't know what's specific about a ficus, but I do see like a little pot of plant, right? And so it's interesting. It's very vital for her to, and it feels more symbolic, right? So when we talk mm. about this ficus, whatever, is, you know, it's like, okay, great, but I feel there's something more symbolic and maybe look into what, you know, what a ficus is or does. Some, sometimes there's something symbolic. The universe and spirit will also give you that. But, um, you know, it's more about getting it in the ground and allowing it to grow. And I would also trust that that so too is part of your development. Like you, you just need to get it planted. You need to start that shit. Like just do it. Right. Instead of keep, well, I was, you know, in fact, it, it sounds like a, a story that we had not long ago about geraniums. We had geraniums and waiting for pots for weeks. And like, well, you know, we're looking for the right pot. It's like, just get the damn things in a pot, get some dirt <laughs> right. in it. Get, you know, it's like, you can worry about color later, right? And the damn thing's going to die or the, you know, the, the initial, you know, energy is going to go away. So, you know, just get on a get her done type deal. But, um, yeah, something interesting about ficus, but I feel lots of love, lots of great, um, uh, you know, supportive energy. It's interesting though, is there is something about time is of the essence as well. So hmm. I don't know if something in a personal life, but, um, I kind of feel like a, like a timeline or kind of a boxy configuration, so to speak, as far as, um, giving limits but um so okay. that's what i was getting around it anyways that's good uh, shelly was there anything that you wanted to add into that no no okay not getting anything all right then we're going to move on speaking of mm, effort which of course is dean's <laughs> favorite mantra um we have that included in the next email which is from deirdre who's actually a long-time listener she says uh hope all is well there with you and yours Still enjoying your podcast every day and love your new co-presenters. I was listening to Dean today and would love a psychic reading from him. Anything he thinks is relevant to my world at the moment. Now, I know that is general, but hmm, F it. <laughs> <laughs> Deirdre does have a sense of humor. <laughs> I'm glad Deirdre is listening. I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, you know, the biggest thing that I would say is obviously we're, we're here. We are really on the precipice of a solar eclipse. We're doing the Mercury retrograde, right? We're doing all these astrological and, and different things. And here's the thing that I get is, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's interesting when it comes to Deidre is it's, it's twofold is number one is this. Um, I was really felt guided to bring up the aspect about the solar eclipse and the Mercury retrograde is that's all fine and dandy, but don't put a whole, don't put all your eggs into one basket, so to aspect, and don't use those as the excuse for everything. Well, it was Mercury re retrograde. I can't do that because uh, we're almost to the solar eclipse and I can't do it. Bullshit. Just, you know, we, we, you, we keep those things in mind, but we go forward, we march forward, right? We can't, we can't live our lives in a vacuum either. Um, we can be aware about these things, but, and understand of how people, places, and things are making you feel, Deidre, is, um, obviously more people are affected because of other 
uh, astrological and other, you know, things going on. But, um, it's interesting because I really feel guided to, to talk about those things. Um, and I don't know if, if, if there's been a little bit of worry or be like, Oh my God, there's so much going on. And yeah, there is, there always is. There's, there's stuff going on all the time, but we're not, not using those as the excuse or as the, well, I'm going to wait until this is done or whatever the case is. I don't, you know, nobody comes, knocks on the door today. Today is Mercury, you know, you know, it, you know, we don't live our lives in a vacuum. No, so regardless of what, what's going on. is Right. You can be aware else. of it. You can be aware of it and be cognizant of these things. It's just like it'd be anything, um, you know, uh, for example, one time somebody said uh, to me, talking about, I think it was terrorist attack or something, and saying, aren't you always worried about doing X, Y, Z because of terrorist threat or something? Saying no, because if I always lived in fear, then I would never live, right? Right. And I can be cognizant. I can be aware of different things and being smart about how I go about X, Y, Z, but I'm not going to live my life in fear. I'm not going to be stupid either. But the thing that I would share is that the same thing goes if, if you're empathic, if you're very affected by astrological and other um, anomalies going on, be aware of those things. How do people, places, and things make you feel? How does that affect you? And if you haven't been aware, maybe you need to start being aware. But the thing that I would share is um, if you've been sitting on the sidelines, Deidre, you know, um, um, F it, you know, move forward and saying, you know, uh, we can do it baby steps at a time. Even if you're like, Oh, you know, I don't want to, I want to be a shut in for that time. I think there's a lot of us that'd be like, I'd rather hunker down than, um, you know, but sometimes the best thing is to change up that energy and really get out and shake it up. So it's a great piece of advice. I think, uh, not just for Deirdre, but for anybody, because we can kind of get landlocked into our little safety yeah. zones yeah. and, and nothing happens there. Yeah. I mean, life, life gets pretty darn boring in those comfort zones, as they're called, which are actually pretty uncomfortable most of the time. A great but, example is, uh, quarantine, right? What happened yeah. when everybody was shut down? It's like, you know, close the doors and the shutters. Everybody, you know, yeah. don't come over. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I had so many people saying how horrible it all was, and I'm like, man, it has just been an absolute blessing in our lives. Like, (laughs) like, like seriously, I I got my dream car in the middle of it. My son, who was struggling with school, got to graduate without going to school. You know, he didn't (laughs) have to walk across the stage, which I'm sure would have been a big anxiety thing for him. You know, it's just, I don't know. My husband worked through it. I worked through it. It. We haven't been sick. I haven't been sick in over a year because I've been taking really good care of myself <laughs> through all of this. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, you can use anything. I just, right. I think I just posted this thing on Facebook and it said you can find anybody to, um, back up what you think and believe. Like you can find an expert to back yeah. that up. So yeah. I would yeah. rather find experts with positivity and love and abundance to back things up than back things up with, you know, how horrible it is and how limiting it is and right. how much rock there is in the world. It's like I've I've been watching The Crown, which is the the um series about the royal family, which is nothing I would have ever been interested in, but it's really awesome. And <laughs> I'm totally hooked now. But 
it's just like the issues that they dealt with back in the fifth. I know that it wasn't that long ago, but just like back in the fifties and sixties, you know, with just like dealing with people and the politics and working with other countries and other, you know, just all of the stuff that went on, you know, and it's like, and everybody says, Oh, it's different now. And no, it really isn't. It really <laughs> isn't. There's still all that, you know, there was still all that stuff going on back then. And there's really all this stuff going on now. And, Everything is just constantly going to be changing and we can't have change without some chaos. And, you know, you just have to, I always say it's all about the experiences, you know? Right. Right. It's a very good point. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right. So got one more to go to here. This is now, this is actually in reference to, it's from somebody that we're calling Abby. It's not a real name, but we're calling her Abby because she is an Aboriginal woman from Australia. And she originally contacted us. Her first letter came, I think, in March. And Louis D'Souza, who does the Money Show, and I did uh, the show talking about her letter for almost all the whole sh- show, actually. It was a very extensive letter. Talked about um, her background. Um, she'd been through some really rough stuff. Her family had been through some rough stuff. Um, her parents, or I think it was her parents, uh, were part of what they call the Stolen Generation, which is uh, it's the generation of Aboriginals who were uh, basically taken out of their homes by the state in an effort to save them. Uh, the, the, the state theory at the time was that if they didn't do that, these, these kids would all die off. Of course, what it really did is mess up their lives like crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, so there, there was like all this stuff that she's gone through. Mm-hmm. And yet she, <laughs> she reported that after listening to LOA today for a couple of months, she did overcome all this, this stuff huh. in a huge way. I mean, awesome. she'd overcome, uh, she, she was making an effort to overcome violence and alcoholism in her family. Wow. She was, uh, pursuing a, a new, uh, educational degree. She was doing a whole lot of stuff. Right. Um, in fact, some of the things that she wrote, she said, <clears throat> your show has changed my life. I'm still in debt. I'm still helping my family get through life. And there are a lot of obstacles that I still haven't conquered, but you know what? I'm okay. For the first time in my life, I feel an inner peace and happiness with me, within me. I have let go of all the pain except for the past, and I want to enjoy the rest of my years here on Earth. And I now look at the positives more than the negatives, and today is the day I start my diploma in social services. So that's what she wrote to us a couple months ago. Um, then she wrote again uh, a few weeks back, and uh, I, I read it. I read her email on that show a couple weeks ago, but I also wanted to read it here because I figured there might be something here that Dean and now Shelley, you could contribute to to help her out. Um, she says, I, uh, Walt read my story on the LOA Today show a while ago. I've been practicing my self-love and trying to manage my life with a little more happiness than stress. There's still a lot going on in my family. And I just found out I am pregnant with my first child early in the pregnancy. I had a dream that my late mother came to me with a baby before I found out. Now, although I try to be as positive as I can as I can be, that everything will work out, I sometimes find myself stressing about whether I'm doing the right thing. So will everything be okay in terms of having my child and managing life in my family? So that's why I wanted to bring it up to you, Dean, because you're pretty good at uh, um, measuring this stuff, psychically speaking. And uh, now that we got Shelly with her child, I mean, we can, we can draw her into it too. But what do you think, Dean? Well, um, First off, I just want to say kudos to her for mm. putting in the work and having the tenacity yes. to want to change, right? Because change starts from within, right? And regardless of what's going on outside. And the other thing that I would share is um, energetically, psychically speaking, when it comes to 
the pregnancy. Um, you know, I feel it, it feels good. I mean, overall, when I when I when I feel about the health and the baby and everything else, but again, I, probably the the what, uh, tremors, maybe what I call them. Um, would probably be what I'm picking up is a residual anxiety of her, right? So, Abby. Um, so, number one I would share is that, um, you know, it would be really good if Abby, uh, not only for her, but her baby as well, um, can find a way to transmute the energy of the anxieties that she's feeling. Um, because number one, obviously that's way in the future. She's worried about what's going to happen or what could happen. It's like, you know, let's focus on the health of the baby. Let's focus on, you know, uh, getting that baby born. Right. Um, now the other thing that comes up as well is generational trauma. We understand that obviously through, um, Abby's admission earlier, that she had a lot of traumas from her past, right? And regardless of whether she has made, personally has made a conscious decision to move forward and energetically, that is tremendous, mm-hmm. right? In, 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 uh, aspects of growth and energy shifting. But not only that, the body, um, has a cellular memory. So any traumas that you had back when you were two, when you're one, you know, a lot of time we don't even remember things. We, it gets re- repressed or regressed right into the, in the body, right? And so sometimes when you're 40, all of a sudden, I don't know, you know, maybe, uh, you, you can't eat chicken noodle soup because maybe you were beat with a chicken noodle. I don't know. Something <laughs> weird, right? So, you know, something gets triggered is what I'm trying to say in a, in a Deanism type way is something triggers something else and it brings out a memory that you don't even remember. Like, oh, my God, I didn't get a pony when I was six. So maybe in, you know, obviously, Abby has experienced things that Mm. none of us can even fathom just because of Mm. her unique situation, right? And understand that we can pass down our traumas from generation to generation. And it is up to us as the owners of that or being conscious creators to say enough is enough. And not only has she, number one, made the conscious decision to make a change not only for herself, but more importantly, her family, but then it goes a step further. And if they choose to do the internal emotional and energetic work of removing and clearing the energetic or the generational traumas that we sometimes inadvertently pass down, right? Mm-hmm, and, sure. um, you know, and, and this is kind of a scientific, uh, science is starting to catch up with this, approving that from generations back, um, you know, that might supersede the parent. So things that maybe right. my mom and dad or my grandparents experienced might be passed down to, to now my kids, um, or whatever the case is. You, you get what I'm saying. And I'm, so, I'm realizing too that, uh, when I was describing what she had told us about earlier, it yeah. wasn't her parents, it was her grandparents who were among the sure. solar generation. So there's another example of yeah. how it becomes very multi-generational. It just keeps going and going and going. Right. And going. So, so being again, and in this kind of caveats on to the, the aspect of what I shared earlier, be aware of what people, places and things are bringing up, making you feel 
And then also, as Abby goes on to, to have a family and raise children, right, is how are your children showing up? These, these, um, you know, just these incredible beings of just immense intuitive, um, awareness and being aware and, and looking to them as really the, the, the measuring mark, right? And like, ooh, how are they reacting? How are they showing up? What's making them react other than, mm. you know, uh, they're throwing a fit because I wouldn't, uh, let them put a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the VCR. I, you know, I, I don't know, something <laughs> silly, right? But sometimes it goes beyond that. And it's like, why are they freaking out around a certain individual? Why are they, you know, why are they just, you know, there's sometimes kids are just such a great teacher. And yes. if we take the time, and be aware of that, then we can learn a lot. But um, I'm getting a little off course, but what I want to get back to is Abby. Um, with the pregnancy, you feel that it's great. Just make sure you concentrate on you. Self-care is huge, obviously. Um, but then focusing on the generational trauma, and the more you can clear up now before the, the your baby is born, then, you know, uh, it's a great thing. Um, you know, so that way then you have less to do when, you know, when they're, uh, you know, a teenager and really rolling their eyes, uh, you know, <laughs> um, you're dealing with, you know, the isms anyways of life. And then you add on top of that, the traumas that they may experience or that you did. That's just a lot of weight for a child to bear. Not, mm-hmm. not saying that it's, you know, um, but I'm just saying if, if we're able to get offload it and get rid of it, um, and, you know, and then kind of, so they come in with a clean slate, so to speak, all the better. So. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. So did you want to add anything to that? Well, I pulled a couple cards. So the first card is the five of cups and that card is just all about, um, where you're focused at. If you're focused at the spilled cups or you're focused at the full cups on the table with the feast, you know? So kind of what Dean was saying is just like, I always just, it's, it's habit. It's just like, you know, we were talking about practice, practice, practice when you are starting to, and she probably already knows this because she's doing this with her entire life. But every time you get anxious about that pregnancy, am I doing the right thing? Should I be having a baby? Am I going to be a good mom? I mean, as a mom, I know we all go through that. But when you start to turn it around, every time you think about that and start stressing about it, going and just turn it around. This is a celebration. This is a new life. This is an opportunity for me to bring in this, you know, person and teach them all the wonderful things that maybe I didn't get so much of. And I can just you know, turn that opposite and make it so much better for them. And then the other one that I pulled was the page of pentacles, which is the message of new money. And also what came along with that was like her sharing her experience, whether it's, you know, doing some sort of video chat or, or, but just kind of paying that forward. And that's, what's going to help with, the finances is, is just sharing her experience, whether it's through the pregnancy or through her use of the law of attraction to make her life better, but to put that out there in some fashion. So that's very cool. Yeah, that's good stuff. I like that. Um, I, I like that both of you are addressing the point that she raised about how she's feeling stressed 
about what's going on, you know, having this child and so forth, how it's going to impact her life and how you are both emphasizing changing that mindset around to a more positive affirmative one that basically says things are going to work out and, and paying more attention to that side of it. And I even have an example I can give you that happened today. Um, it comes right from the business that uh, Louise and I run. Uh, it's a, for most of our listeners know it's a garden service and maintenance business. And I, I won't go into the details of it because it does involve employees. And obviously, I can't be specific about the, what, what happened there. But I can tell you that, there, that one of the aspects was that these two employees were kind of at loggerheads with each other over a thing. And I had to go uh, to where they were working, to the garden they were working, and I had to go drive over there to kind of you know mediate and help smooth things out. Now, there was a, not a big history. There's a little history here between them. And so I knew that there was like this, this negative vibe going on. It had been going on for some time. Not a real long time. We're talking weeks. But it had been going on. And so while I was driving over, I just mentally, one at a time with each one of them, I put them in my mind. Made a little picture of them in my mind to the extent that I can do. I'm not really good at pictures of the mind, but nevertheless, to the extent I could do it. And just imagined each of them behaving a little bit differently from the way they normally behave. You know, behaving in a way that says, I feel relaxed about this. Yeah, this is no big deal. I'm just going to let it go. Um, you know, just changing the story in my mind. Now, you have to understand that the reason I was going over there was not 10 minutes before I'd gotten the phone call saying that these two were pretty hot with each other, right? So 20 minutes later, they, they had cooled maybe five degrees, you know, not, not a whole lot. <laughs> it was still pretty hot. <laughs> but I was making this little, this little intention in my mind. I was changing my thought process about them. And when I got there, yeah, there was still a little bit of temperature, but it was down quite a bit. And I spoke with each one of them individually and we kind of hashed a few things out. And about 10, 15 minutes later, all of a sudden, everything started to resolve itself. One of the, one of the focuses of the, of the conflict disappeared, like almost magically. Not that they, either one of them did anything. It just kind of went away. Um, they, at my request, at my specific request, they ended up trying to, be a little bit more friendly with each other, a little bit more understanding and so forth. And not only did they accomplish that to a sufficient degree that they could actually be working on the same property, um, but one of them finished up earlier than expected and was able to go do another job that we didn't think we were going to get to today and where we thought we were going to fall further behind. Well, he got it done. you know. So it all worked out. And it started with me changing my mindset about them before I even got there. So that falls in line perfectly with what you guys were talking about. It starts with you. You don't need to do stressing. Stressing is actually going to work against you. But you can influence your own life, your baby's life, your generational lives. You can influence all of it just by changing the way you're focusing, imagining, creating new scenes in your mind that you wouldn't normally have created in the past. Although in her case, I think she did because she's already made some good changes in the past. Still. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Abby, hopefully that's been helpful to you. I think uh, some of this was actually parallel to what was brought up the last time that we discussed her stuff. So there's a nice consistency going on here. So good stuff, guys. All right. So we, we got emails going to kind of get the conversation going. I'm not sure where you want to go. I don't really have a plan for today or anything like that. But um, I, I kind of wanted to uh, tie together what 
Shelly and I did last week, and Dean, what you and I have been doing the last few weeks. Shelly and I basically did what you and I have been doing, Dean. We, we just flashed some cards and tried to pick up uh, sure. messages and images and so forth. And yeah. um, I figured we could kind of go back to that. I also wanted to ask both of you something, which is um, now, Shelly, you've been dealing with uh, uh, tarot cards since uh, the early 1990s, and Dean, you kind of uh, were, you were kind of developing your mediumship skills toward the end of your military career, so not quite that long. But right. I, I kind of imagine that if this is kind of bubbling in the background for some time. I, I'm not sure why I think that, but that it was just sort of it, it was there, and maybe you weren't dealing with it or whatever. But on some mental level, I get the, the impression that somewhere in the back of your mind, you, you were you were dealing with and wrestling this with this stuff long before you consciously came to decide this was going to be something you'd pursue, especially as your military career was coming to an end. And so taking those two things together, what, 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 what was your motivation in making the change? Am I on the right track here? Or, uh, you know, was it something else? And Shelly, what, when you got going with the cards, what got you going? I mean, like what, what made you decide to, to go back to the Abbey story? What made you decide to change your mindset about this stuff? I was, I think I was, I always believed, um, in just the influence of the other side and be everybody being connected. And, um, I actually got into Tarot just because I was living with my aunt at the time I was like 20 and I was looking for a job and I hadn't found a job and she just handed me these Tarot cards and a book that went with it. And so I just spent my extra time doing that and then just started reading her and my cousin and her friends and, you know, just, you know, where I'd, you know, pick a card and then I'd grab the book and read it and, you know, just like learning that, learning the images and stuff. But, um, I, I was raised pretty liberal and free thinking. So I, it was just, it wasn't anything that I was ever afraid of. The, like the whole mediumship thing, I've tried, I've dabbled in that a little bit and I don't know if you want to say failed, but I've, I've, you know, had people say, Hey, could you, while you're doing a reading, is there any chance you could connect with my husband that passed away or my grandfather? And I'm like, you know, this weird stuff comes up and I say it and they're like, no, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not doing that today. You know, it wasn't anything that I was like trying to sell or anything. It was just like a little thing for fun, but. Um, I will say that my, my fear, so I had an experience when I was a teenager, I was falling asleep and I, I was talking to, to Walt about that whole par paralysis thing that you get when you wake up and you can't, and you hear something, you can't move and it freaks you out and you have to like fight to get out of it. And so I had that happen. My dad passed away when I was eight. So I was like 15 at the time. So when it happened, I woke, you know, I kind of woke up. I thought my mom was walking into my room because I heard somebody walking in. And I thought, why is she checking on me? Like, she hasn't done that for a few years. You know, I'm 15. And then I realized I couldn't move. And I was, like, freaking out. And I woke up and got my body back, basically. And and I was like, okay, that was my dad. Like, okay, I can settle down. That was just dad checking on me. Well, about six months later, my brother had the same experience in his room. We had two attic rooms across from each other in the house we grew up in. And he woke up to see the person. Oh my. And it wasn't my dad. It was this like redheaded guy with a flannel and he was doing something up on the wall, you know, and 
And it was the same feeling. My brother had to fight to get out of it. And the guy just kind of turned around and smiled at him and then faded away. And then my brother could move. So then I was like, oh, that wasn't dad. I'm not sleeping upstairs anymore. I slept on the couch for probably six months after that. <laughs> I was so freaked out. But And that kind of stuff kind of freaks me out. Like, you know, when I've gone to like funerals and stuff, I'm like, God, I hope I don't see him. That's just going to freak me out totally. But as I've gotten older and I've had you know, people that have passed away that I'm close to, it's more like, I hope I see him. Like, mm. you know, and, but it, it just doesn't happen. So it's gone from like kind of like this fear thing to like more inquisitive kind of a thing. But I was never ever afraid of, you know, you have people that are like, oh, isn't Tarot like the devil's work or whatever? And I'm like, no. I mean, <laughs> if, if you want to believe that, that's up to you. I'm not going to try to convince you because that's not my job. But, but no, it's, that's not what this is at all. And and so usually when I give people readings and they're skeptical, they're just like, whoa, that was really cool. Because I really keep it positive. I'm not like, oh, the death card, somebody's going to die. You know, I just don't <laughs> play that game. Or I'll just take the death card and the devil card out because I just don't want people freaking out, you know, and I just respect that. So anyways, that's that's my story of how I got into it and feel about it and all that. How about you, Dean? What, what what was the transition like for you? I, mean, we kind I of was in a bar. No, you were in a kidding. bar. I was in a bar. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, Two no, seconds. Walk it, into a bar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, you know, um, in in a course, you know, it you know started kind of with um, all kinds of, I think I shared before, all kinds of paranormal stuff kind of happening. Um, shortly after my last deployment and then, you know, culminating with my grandmother coming to visit me and then actually pushing me into the bed where I actually sunk into the bed. Right. And so I had this big, like, holy shit moment basically is what, what I sum- summarize it as. And, but I was really trying to go, why me? Why now? And I was not. You know, I was not raised spiritual. It was a very traditional Protestant, uh, home. And, you know, so if you had a, you know, what somebody would deem as spirits or whatever, oh, you know, that was a, you know, just very typical. Um, hey, you know, it's, uh, you know, just, it wasn't like, hey, loved ones, you know, hey, it was just a nightmare type deal. Um, so I was trying to figure out why me, why now? And, it was something that wasn't going away, number one. That was why I developed it. Number two, my wife was very, very much a supporter and lover of all things, I guess, spiritual, paranormal, whatever you want to call it. And even her and her girlfriends would go to these psychic parties and stuff, be like, I'm going to go shopping with the girls. And they would go get readings because I guess, you know, she was big into it and knew that. Not that we ever had any in-depth conversations about mediums, but I just thought it was a bunch of BS, to be really honest with you, um, because I hadn't had my experience yet. I was just, I wasn't a believer in it. I knew that there was something bigger than us. I, you know, uh, raised very traditional Christian, you know, upbringing and everything, but, um, you know, as far as being able to talk to dead people or see them or, you know, I kind of believed in ghosts, but that's as far as it went. It didn't really 
think into it. And so when I had my experience and I was like, holy crap, that was real. Now what? Why? You know, it opens up a whole new paradigm of thinking. And number one, number two, like it was, you know, it was like, well, what does this mean? And then, you know, my wife was a huge supporter of, of that and be like, well, you need to figure out what that means. And so me being me at the time, of course, I was still very much the soldier, right? And so I tried to ignore it. Shut that door. It'll go away. No, it doesn't <laughs> go away. It's just sitting there. And of course, as I, we were talking about kids earlier, my, my son was a newborn. My daughter was around four or five. Um, you know, now here she is almost um, getting ready to turn, uh, you know, 15. And so, um, you know, looking back on it, you know, they started bugging them. And that's when my wife really said, looked at me and said, figure this shit out. Mm. And I was like, like, Hey, it's my fault. Right. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> but I was like, I don't, I didn't know who to go to. But at that time, of course, in, in, uh, when I shared my story earlier, talking about earlier in when we first started having all the craziness, we had a local psychic come over that I always refer to as a voodoo chick because that was my words for her in the beginning. That's. And I used those jokingly, but not jokingly. Mm-hmm. It was because I was, I was the atypical guy. I wasn't the asshole. I don't want to say atypical is an asshole guy, but saying, you know, I was a non-believer. I was, I was the, I wasn't cynical. I was very skeptical. But what do, what do most people do that don't believe in something? They poke fun at it. Mm-hmm. And that was me. I got to make it, you know, to, to make it palatable to me. I got to poke fun at it. I got to make it funny. And so, and that's what I did. Oh, all you, you know, I always say to my wife, you and your voodoo chick friends. And because she disclosed to me when I was overseas that she had the home doused. And that's where I first came up with the word voodoo chicks. And um, so it was a big joke. It was that, that's until I had my real, like, it's not a joke, Dean. This is real Mm. stuff. Like it's Mm -hmm. not parlor tricks and, you know, a bunch of smoke and mirrors. That's real. And when I had that, I was like, holy crap. It was the come to Jesus moment, almost quite literally. And, uh, you know, like Shelly talking about, um, you know, when you have those moments of, um, you know, connecting with or, connecting with uh, loved ones or whomever, they, they can be unsettling, but at the same time, it's comforting. It was just different, right? Um, and for me, while you talked about being aware of it, I, you know, when I looked, when after I got into my journey, I'll call it my spiritual journey, well into, I would say, a couple, year two probably, of it, I, I started like, how long, you know, I think it's kind of normal. Most people go, was I aware? Like you go try to go mm-hmm. as far back as you can remember. Like when did it start? Right? right. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, maybe sometimes here and there when you're a kid, but, and then, and then, so I tried to bring it up and I was reading through a journal that I kept in Afghanistan and there was, it was so crazy to me because there were things that I was already writing that I knew was about to happen 
that I was writing that I feel that this, you know, a rocket attack's imminent or, you know, different things, um, you know, different. And, and I was talking about intuition. I was quite literally writing premonitions, even though they were coming across as feelings. And I didn't know, you know, I just thought, Hey, you know, I'm a seasoned soldier. Like, you know, you take of what's going on and, and, uh, so as I went forward, it was just, but when I went back and read the, the journal, I was laughing. I was quite literally laughing. And so, yeah. So are there times, I guess, throughout my life that it was popping up? Absolutely it was. Um, and that's why I'm a big believer that every one of us, whether you believe that you're psychic or intuitive or, or not, um, you know, we all are. I believe that it's kind of a God-given ability where, you know, we're uh, from the spark of creation, um, you know, we're, we, it's part of us. It's, it's part of our existence yeah. and it's hardwired. It's kind of like the, the smoke detectors that are hardwired in, right? You can't get rid of it. It's there. It's, uh, whether you want to listen to it or not, that's your choice. But, you know, it's like, uh, and sometimes those damn things are going to go off. It's just, they're annoying. Like that's, you know, when it happened to me, I was like, God, this thing won't shut up. It's like just going on and on. Dean, you got a message. Dean, you got a message. Dean, you got, it's like, really? Would you, you know, like the old answer machines, would you mm. shut up? You know, mm. it sounds like a sitcom, but it, I was like, Oh my God, what's going And, and then you figure that out. Like how do, you know, what's the next step? What's so I guess when it kind of to answer your question, it was. Um, number one, it wasn't going away, but it was such a shocking immersion from the world that I was used to mm. into what, what is this? Why, why, you know, here I am in my forties. I'm, you know, I'm going through all the logical everything and, and why now? And, and then, oh my God, I got to come out. I got to come out of the metaphysical closet. <laughs> oh my God, you know, my parents, my, you know, my, my, my wife and I knew that my kids love me, you know, and I knew that, you know, my parents did too, but you know, are people going to accept me? Um, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, just a journey. It's a, it's part of the journey. Everybody's unique. Everybody's different. Um, there's a lot of similar stories out there, but, um, they're all cool to listen to because I'm like, wow, that's so fascinating because people are like, Oh my God, feel like they jumped out of a little swimming pool into the ocean <laughs> and some end of their reality. And then they come to find out that, you know, bottom was two feet below their feet, you know, mm, their toes. Right. And it's like, dude, you can touch. You're good. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. they find their, they, or they figure out how to swim. You know, and, uh, so it's, it, it's really cool to, to listen to everybody's story. I, that's, that's what I love hearing about, uh, people's spiritual journeys and, um, they're so different. So I think there's also something to be said for the fact that when we go through these, the first few times we go through stuff, it's shocking. Yeah. It's, it's like, and it's usually a little bit scary. You get enough stuff happening and then it starts to feel more normal. I mean, maybe normal is not the right word, but it feels uh, less uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, like do it, do, you, it doesn't shock us anymore. Hmm? Do you think that there's a common denominator with people that are mediums? Because I think that we all have that little bit of, you know, like you're heading to the store and you're like, eh, I think I'm going to go this way today. And then you find yeah. out 
you know, later that there was an accident or there was, you mm-hmm. know, something happening that other way. I think we all have that just because of our, our interconnection. But, but what do you, do you think that there's like a switch that's flipped or a common denominator with people that go beyond that and start pulling in things for other people? Well, I think it's, um, you know, and I've used this analogy before, uh, um, on the show is, is I think it's the aspect of like playing baseball, right? And the, what I mean by that is we've all, every one of us has played baseball at some level, whether once in your life or a hundred times or a thousand. But it's up to you after that very first time, whether you want to go on and play baseball. So same aspects, you have the ability to be a medium. Um, and whether you've connected before at some level, um, or not, um, you have the ability to do so. And if you've done it once, have you gone on? It's really where you depend, where you want to plug into it at. Do you want to go on and play like baseball? Do you want to go on and play in high school? Do you want to go on and play at the collegiate or, you know, professional level? You know, where do you want to take baseball? Uh, same with mediumship. You know, have you done one reading one time for a friend and it freaks you out or maybe yourself and it freaks you out that you just left it? Or uh, maybe you weren't confident enough and you're like, nah, I didn't get any, like, oh, yeah, I can totally validate that. And then you left it. Wherever somebody is with that, that's okay. But understand that mediumship is like anything else. Just like baseball, you got to continually work. And professionals, even in baseball, spend hundreds of thousands of hours honing their craft. And they're always out there practicing. So continually, you know, so, yeah, so sometimes do I, yeah, you know, but um, I also am a big firm believer that some gifts are closer to the surface and easier for some to pick up. For me, somehow I just stumbled into mediumship. It just came up, right? Um, uh, you know, Shelly, for you, I don't know if it was very natural when you picked up um, tarot, but, you know, or maybe some that did healing or some other gift. And that's usually, you know, one of the reasons, you know, there's a lot of others, but, you know, it just comes very, we usually go with what's very easy as a, as a race, you know, as a species, like saying, I'm really good at this. And it's like, maybe not the other so much, or it doesn't really hold my attention. But if you find out that you're really good at tarot, right? It's like your confidence gets built up and it's like, boy, it kind of, it's like the, it's a part of me. Like I've I've done this before, but I don't remember doing it before. And maybe but, it's be- but it sounds like you were kind of more chosen. Like it was going to happen whether you liked it or not. Yeah, well, pretty much. That's what it felt like. <laughs> it's I'm like you get your shit together. It's like. <laughs> so I had this experience where I was reading a book on on um basically honing your psychic ability. I don't remember what it's called. It's just a little paperback. And a lot of it was just so law of attraction based. I was just enjoying reading it. And then I was going to bed and I was by myself in bed. And um, I was just starting to like doze off. while you know, one of those things where you hit yourself in the face with your phone or whatever. (laughs) And, And 
um, I was just kind of in that kind of in-between stage, and I distinctly, distinctly felt three energies come in to the room and line up behind me. Hmm. And I just remember going, what do, what do you guys need? Like, I think I even said it out loud. Like, what do you guys need? And I've never had an experience like that. And then it just kind of faded away. And I'm just curious what you, what your analogy. Right. Is well, I would say you shouldn't take Ambien right before going to bed. It'll make you, no, I'm just messing. I'm messing with you. Um, I like to joke. Sorry. Um, no, you know, yeah, you know, that it, really common actually is that, that space you talk about the space right in between, right? So right before you fully, uh, you know, fall all the way asleep and you're kind of groggy and so your, your senses are awake. It's like if your kids were to walk into the room, right? And it's like, what do you need? Like, you don't even have to be, you can feel the energy of the room, like the, the volume of air even changes, right? You can just feel, you're intuitively sense, like what, you know, you're just asking, like, I know even if my kids like in the middle of the night, what do you need? I could be half asleep, you know? Um, so that, yeah, I totally believe in that. And the, the other aspect is, um, you know, trying to, spirits do that all the time. So when our conscious mind, or as I like to say it, the monkey mind, because it's so busy and it's, you know, got its fingers into everything, like I gotta, you know, get the kids to school and I gotta wash the windows and da 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 da. And when that shuts down, when it starts shutting down, then the subconscious mind is allowed to, you know, be open. And that's really where the, you know, where I like to say is the conscious, it sounds like a, you know, something, you know, completely, you know, converse to that. But it's really where I like to say is the conscious creation is in the subconscious because it's really, you know, it's um, that second layer. And, and a lot of times when spirit comes in, it's they're speaking to that subconscious state. And it's because we've shut down consciously and it's like, Hey, finally you've, <laughs> you know, your mind is quiet enough where you can talk to me now. Or, um, maybe your fears that are in the conscious mind that speaking to spirits is devil work or whatever the fear is. It doesn't matter. And so where the, that shut down and you're just having a pleasant dream speaking to grandma. In your mind saying, Oh, I just had the sweetest dream. I was, um, you know, remember the, uh, the, the, the field of wildflowers behind grandma's or remember the place we always went for a picnic right by the stream. And I met her there and we had the best fried chicken. Oh my God. I could taste it. Remember the homemade baked beans with the maple cure? You know, like you can remember in, in just little details and energetically. Yeah. Because you're there energetically that is a real thing and obviously you're pulling from memories too but um energetically the aspect of you know i always say is like that's a real thing um so that's that's a cool thing but um but yeah i totally believe in all that and and had some cool experiences myself but um so yeah and and to hear that a lot of times too from people um 
kind of like whether they're just going to sleep or coming out of a deep sleep or it's kind of in that in between, mm. I guess. Yeah. Whenever I, I hear stories like this too, of course I hear a lot of them here on the podcast. Um, but I'm kind of reminded of a little talk, talk about a humorous thing. This is a little humorous thing I created in my mind many years ago. I, I imagined to myself what it's like if you're a spirit on the other side trying to connect with somebody and all of a sudden the connection gets made and you say, Ethel, he hears us. Come here quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, so but can like, you imagine also, and this is the other thing is in a, and I always share this with people is a lot of times when spirits show up, they just want to be acknowledged. So can you imagine how conversely to what you're talking about, Walt, how frustrating it is for somebody in spirit to Say be, you know, say if I'm in spirit and you, Walt, you and Shelly are having a conversation and I'm here going, whoa, guys, I'm right here. <laughs> and you're like, you totally do not even acknowledge me or see me. How, so for the living, that would be very frustrating, right? Mm. And off putting. And the same is because those obviously in spirit want to let us know that they're there. They're supporting us and they love us. And of course, other messages as well. But the thing is, is sometimes, you know, it's like just looking off and going, I see you, you know, I acknowledge, mm. I acknowledge you. And, but think about the living that uh, I always say the, the dead has so much to say about the living. And so I take those lessons for me and I apply them and say, God, shouldn't we be doing that for people that we don't even know? And so wow. somebody that they might not be jumping with their hands up waving, but somebody that we just see and we don't even need to know them. And we just smile and say, I see you or I acknowledge you. Like I, I see your, you know, I acknowledge your existence. And so many times, you know, people are seen, but they're not truly seen. If you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and I forget there is actually, uh, there's a really cool aspect or a saying about, um, I think an, an African tribe or something and talking about seeing their soul and actually, you know, acknowledging their presence. And it goes well beyond just acknowledging their physical presence. And I was like, wow, that's really like deep mm. and it's cool though. Yeah. And I was like, boy, where could we be as a species if we did that? But anyways, I'm getting off topic, but, um, you know, well, you're, you're also way over time because we're, we're, we're long past an hour, but that's okay. You know, let's just wrap it up here. But it just so, goes to show we have a lot to talk about here on the show. Fortunately, we have many weeks to do it, but right. Shelly, once again, it's great to have you joining the team and you're obviously just jumping right in. So. We're looking forward to having those conversations with you. Thank you also, Dean, for all of your insights. And thank you to the people who send their emails. If you have an email you want to send in, use the LOA Today app or just send it to Walt at LOAToday.net. But in the meantime, we'll say thank you very much to all of our podcast listeners, and we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.